Oh, hey, you are listening to How to Live the Podcast, where we're just figuring out this thingy called life. We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon. Oh, hello there. It is such a pleasure to be in your ears. It always is, really. So I have to make a confession. Ooh, I love confessions. Right here and now on this podcast. Do it. I am completely and totally addicted to television. I knew this was going towards television. But not only television but specifically reality TV of the Bravo variety, Real Housewives, Vanderpump Rules, Below Deck. I just can't stop watching it. Anytime I like have a moment of downtime, it's like all I want to do. And I'm just like in this hectically addicted stage where I also just can't watch one episode. The second one episodes end. I have to watch another one. So I've, in the last two weeks, I've binged like two seasons of Vanderpump Rules. Uh, one season of Dallas Housewives and I'm also watching like Summer House, Jersey and um, one other one I think that I'm forgetting at the moment like on a weekly basis. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's back right up. You and I speak every day, multiple times a day. We see each other every day. How have you failed to mention that you fell off the bandwagon and you literally have binged? Like, I just heard at least three seasons of stuff without us talking about it. I feel like that's a real addiction. Yeah, it's like my dirty secret. Like, I finish work and then I might meditate or have a nap, as I discussed on this podcast. I like to afternoon nap now. And then... <laughs> I just basically watch TV. I just I actually just told you before we got on this podcast that I don't do anything anymore. You did? And I don't do anything because I sit at home binging Hey You. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's funny because I actually am in the opposite place at the moment where I'm not watching any TV and I almost like don't even enjoy TV, which is an equally kind of annoying place to be in because it's uh. kind of fun to get lost in TV. And okay, I hate to be a buzzkill here, but I think there was a moment for me and a realization I had that I'm going to go like down the personal growth route if we can for a moment. So a couple of weeks ago, I was doing, I can't remember if I mentioned on this podcast, I think I have, that I'm doing this meditation teacher training course with Tara Brock and Jack Cornfield. And there was a live stream that Tara did a couple of weeks ago. And she was talking about how we all numb, which we all know we numb with Netflix, we numb with the phone. And she, she talked about that moment where you like get into your phone to check your email, even though you just did that five minutes ago and you just, you're not even at work. Like you're just constantly getting into your phone and checking your email. And she said, when you notice yourself doing that, take a pause and say to yourself, what am I unwilling to feel in this moment? And I honestly reckon that's what stopped me from watching TV in the last couple of weeks. Because when I usually just do it mindlessly and I'm like, wee, this is so fun. Because I'm like quite deep in this study at the moment. Every time I go to do something like that, I say, what am I unwilling to feel in this moment? And then I just end up like sitting with myself for a minute. And it's kind of really nice. Mm, That is so nice. I think if I'm totally honest with myself, I probably taken on too much last week I taught six yoga classes and we've got a puppy and we've got work and I've got life and I feel like 
I'm just like so exhausted that the minute I have a moment to myself, I just want it to be the most self-indulgent experience ever. I'm like, I just really want to like indulge the fuck out of this moment because I'm just so tired. You know, I woke up at 5 a.m. this morning. I'm just dead. And so then it's like, okay, three episodes of something. (laughs) Let's do it. Oh, totally. If you're enjoying it and you kind of are aware that that's why it's happening, then just like be with it. But I do feel like I would love to get back into like reading after work because like I was really in that last year Mm. and I feel like that's a lot more nourishing. So maybe I just need to switch the narrative of like reading can also be self-indulgent, you know, Mm. because it's like it's like I finish stuff and I'm like, okay, now you get an ice cream. Let's sit down in front of the TV like Bravo is your ice cream. Totally. And there's probably ice cream involved as well. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) And a double truck for sure. So good. Well, that was like a total side tangent because that is not what we're talking about today. Mm, Not at all. So today we're going to be chatting to you about greenwashing. And this episode actually came about after Bianca from our team had posted on Tube Stories asking what people on there wanted to hear from us. And there were a lot of questions about greenwashing. What is it? How do you avoid it? How do you know when to look out for it? All those sorts of questions. So we are going to dive right into that for you guys. Let's do this. So if you have heard this term greenwashing and you're not really sure what it's about, or maybe you even haven't heard that term before and you're like, what is green and washing together? How does that make sense? So essentially what it is, is a marketing tactic that we're seeing a lot of brands using these days. And essentially what it's doing is washing their products or their services with the environment and pertaining to be super sustainable when in actual fact when you start to look through in the details they're actually not that sustainable their practices aren't that great for the environment but they're suggesting or alluding to the fact that they are really green and they are really great for the environment so you buy them unknowingly you're trying to do something good for the planet and in actual fact they've tricked you into thinking that this purchase will be Mm, and so that can look like a lot of different things it could look like a brand that's just like hey we're made from recycled materials it could be the use of the word sustainable which I don't know if you've noticed or if we've even chatted about before but we really don't like to use that word around tubes because the most sustainable thing would be let's all stop buying something new. Mm. It could be pictures with a lot of greenery in it. Even like my favorite is actually like color usage and often, yeah, you'll see like green on a label or even brown and like earthy tones or if it's like a brown packaging that like suggests to you that it's really from the ground and from these natural resources when in actual fact it isn't Ooh, or also a brand is giving back to the environment through your purchase but they're not actually talking about the negative impact of that purchase on the environment yeah so this is something that is freaking confusing and we can tell you from where we're sitting like we feel like we're 
in the know you know we've educated ourselves on sustainability and the environment and even we will get marketed a product to on Facebook and I'll click through thinking oh this is great you know I've been wanting a sustainable kitchen soap and then I've gotten fooled and actually when I get into the website and I start to look around I'm like oh things don't seem to add up maybe I shouldn't buy from here but it is really confusing so how do you know as a consumer what you should be looking out for Mm, how do you know So all those little things that we mentioned, I guess, are things to look out for. So once your eye does get sparked by the idea of sustainability, whether it be by color or by wording or by pictures, that's great. Like that's a perfect place to start to investigate and click through. But that's not a place where you go, oh, okay, this purchase is great. I should actually make this purchase. Mm, And I think it's a hard one because... As consumers now, a lot is falling to us where we used to just be able to find things we like and buy them and that was kind of the beginning and the end of it. Now, brands are making it so confusing for us that we really do have a responsibility to do our homework, to look on a brand's website, to find where they talk about their sustainable practices, to read about it and to make our own judgments And that's a whole lot less sexy than finding something you love and just buying it. Totally. Yeah. And I think even looking at the word vegan, you know, Tubes has always been a vegan label, but we are the first ones to tell you we are not sustainable. But the amount of people that will post our shoes on Instagram saying like vegan and sustainable footwear, even before we were on this environmental journey, just because... The word vegan confuses people and makes them think that it's good for the environment when in Mm. actual fact it's not. Like, Mm. whoa. And when you start to uncover this, your head just starts to spin. Totally. It's kind of like how you can say, oh, I'm on a vegan diet. And that could mean that you're on a plant-based whole food diet, that you eat really well, that you have a lot of fruit and veggies and you're putting good things in your body. Or you could be eating like fake meats all day, every day, deep fried foods, and and both are vegan, but one is putting a lot of negative things into your body and one is really good for you. And so it's the same thing. And so when you do click through to the website after, you know, we've been tricked into essentially thinking that they're sustainable, that's when we really need to start to use that critical thinking and really take on that researcher's brain. So like start to look around their website. They should have some sort of environmental, sustainable, made-in tab where you are able to start to see the transparent things in their brand. And even if they don't have that right off the bat, if all you do is you click through and you see like an about us in a shop now, get the hell out of that website because that shit is toxic. Mm, And ask the questions of brands as well. Like you're very free and welcome to be writing to brands and asking them about their sustainable practices, asking them about their environmental practices. We have actually been sharing about this on Tubes and it's been a lot of a topic of conversation on our stories, asking our customers what they think about what other brands are doing and their experiences with brands. And we had somebody write to us the other day saying, I placed an order with a brand who are preaching environmental sustainability and talking about all the things they care about. She said, I ordered five items. I ordered them consciously. I needed them. And when they came, each one was wrapped in its own individual plastic bag. And 
And she said to us, usually I would have gotten that, been horrified and not done anything about it. But because we have been posting and telling people, write to brands, we've created templates and said, use these to send them to brands and actually call them out because we have people write to us at Tubes all the time. And we're grateful for it because it's actually one of the reasons that we made this environmental pivot in the first place was people asking the questions of us and making us look at our own practices. So this person said that she went and she wrote to the brand and she said, hey, what's up? Why is all my stuff covered in plastic? And if nobody would have stopped and done that, the brand would have just kept doing it. The brand would have kept saying, hey, we're so environmental. So people would have kept buying from them thinking they were doing a good thing. And it really does fall on us, the consumers. We have so much power and so much responsibility at the moment. We do have power and responsibility. And it's a really interesting one because just from listening to you talking, I do think that we also need to, mm, this might be controversial, but I'll just go there. I do think as consumers, we need to give a brand a break in a way. And I'm not saying look at Coles and give them a break because they've got all the money in the world and they have money to spend on a million different sustainability people to carry out our amazing sustainable future, which I have no doubt they have the capacity to do. But if it's like a small brand that you've found on Instagram and you felt like, They were doing a little bit of greenwashing or, you know, they got you in with that hook and then you started to look around and you felt like they weren't doing as good as you would want them to be rather than attacking them. Because I think that right now that's what some people are doing, which we see on Instagram, actually go to them with constructive feedback and be like, hey, like I really love this that you're doing. I really love that your product's organic. But I'd also really love to see you no longer using single-use plastic. And I'd also really love to see you having satchel-free shipping. So like praising them and appreciating what they're doing well and then also saying what they could be doing better. Mm, So true because we're not for cancel culture. It's not like you need to go out and cancel brands because they're doing the wrong thing. I think definitely the big players are doing some massive greenwashing. Yeah. And fuckers. <laughs> and that is just not okay. And they do need to be called out because they have so much power. Mm-hmm. But you're right, there's a really constructive way that we can drive change. And I think as a brand, it is a really interesting thing because I think that there's such a fine line when you want to tell people about the cool things that you're doing for the environment. And we've definitely been experiencing that. So we relaunched phase one of our environmental pivot in October and we knew it wasn't good enough. It wasn't what we wanted it to be, but it was phase one. We got it together in like six months and it was going to be phase one of two, which is launching later this year. And now we realize it's probably going to be phase three, four and five, and we're going to keep iterating. And in phase one, when we knew it wasn't where we wanted it to be, And I was doing all our copywriting and our branding and our marketing. And I was like, how do I talk about all of these things without making people think that we're doing things that we aren't? Because still, even though we're using recycled materials, we're going carbon neutral, we've got a recycling program. That's still not better than not buying a new pair of shoes. And actually for us, you know, it's, it's a journey and it's all about figuring out where that beautiful sweet spot is of telling people about the things we're doing while also making sure they don't think that we're doing things that we aren't. But I think that for us, it came down to also educating customers. And that's where 
this education piece has come in for us around, well, what we're talking about right now, but also through tubes, we have a lot of messaging that seems kind of edgy and weird for a brand where we're telling people, wait, don't just go out and buy these shoes. Do you really need them? Because we had the kind of cult brand where people have 10 or 15 tubes in their wardrobe and they buy all the different beautiful colors. And as business owners, we love that. And of course, we want them to be buying and loving and being brand ambassadors for our shoes. But we know that isn't the most sustainable practice. So we've had to say to people, wait, stop, think before you buy the shoes. Very, very ironically, that's meant that people want our shoes more than ever, which I think is an amazing case study for other brands who are hesitant of doing the same thing that actually our sales have gone bananas since we've done this. But we have had a lot of people write to us and say, hey, I know that you've been saying that I should be more thoughtful. So I only bought one instead of buying more. And we love that. And we celebrate that in the office. And it's not that now people are going, oh, I love that messaging and buying 10 anyway. I think people are telling their friends about it and we're gaining more customers because people really, really genuinely love the messaging that we're doing. And I think that element of it, big brands are like, cannot compute, need to tell people to buy everything, Mm. buy it now, buy it or you'll miss out or you'll never be happy ever again and your husband will leave you and your dogs will die. Like, I just feel like that's, they need to like give you this urgent messaging in order for you to feel like you need this right now or your life will be over. And that's a really, for me, big part of the greenwashing because you can't be saying that stuff and be saying we're good for the environment. Those two things just cannot sit in the same place. Mm, Yeah, yeah, I so, so agree. And like, just so you guys know as well, we're constantly having these conversations around the office of like, Steph and Bianca will come up with this incredible marketing idea. And I sit there and I'm like, I love it, but are we greenwashing? Mm. And then we all just sit back and we're like, oh, I don't know, because we wanna talk about what we're doing well, but I think that in history, marketing has been just talk about what you do well. You know, you put that out there and that's how you market your product, which is great, which which has worked. But now in this time of greenwashing, it's almost like that's the problem because people are just talking about what they're doing well. So if they're doing a hundred things badly and they're doing three things well, they only tell you about the three things they're doing well and they don't mention the hundred. Again, history, that was fine. We accepted that as customers. But now it doesn't feel fair because if they're doing a hundred shit things for the environment and three good things and they've convinced us with the three good things that we should buy their product, that's where the issue lies. Mm, It's so true. It's a problem with actually the concept of marketing and advertising, it's like cigarettes. They'll say, oh, it'll reduce your stress levels, but they're not telling you it gives you cancer. Mm. And it's a problem with everything, not just not talking about how we're bad for the environment, but that we've got slaves creating our things or, you know, that there are so many issues that this the beautiful thing of what's happening at the moment and transparency is about totally lifting the curtain. And it is this question around, well, how do we market and make ourselves look good while still showing everything. And showing everything is almost our form of marketing now, Mm. where we're like, look at everything we're doing and people are going, cool, 
I want to buy from you. Yeah. And that's kind of like this new beautiful spot we're sitting in. A couple of ideas I'm having while we're talking. One is like, I feel like we need a sign in the office to just be like, is this greenwashing? So that every time we're- Yeah, I love that idea. Yeah, every time we're creating something new or writing copy or doing anything, that it's just on our minds and that, it, that it's front of mind. And then another thing that I kind of mentioned the other day that I was thinking about is having on our website what we think we're doing badly as well. Mm. And while 1970s advertisers would be like horrified at that idea, it's that same idea of if we're being transparent, the customers will come. Like if you're another brand listening to this podcast, you don't have to worry anymore about showing customers what's really going on. Customers have to worry if you're not showing them what's really going on. Yeah, that's so true. And then taking it back to the customer's perspective, I know it's not sexy and it's not fun, but like I really do think the key to this stuff is to educate yourself a little bit and then create priorities for yourself. So for an example, my friend sent me the other day these organic at-home cleaning products and she was like, oh my God, these products are so great. They're all organic. They're all natural. You're just going to love them. And, I, and, I, and she sent them to me and I looked at them and I looked through their website. And in terms of the ingredients they were using in their products, they all seemed amazing, you know, supernatural. But they were all being sold in plastic bottles with plastic spray heads. So like a lot of plastic. And I just can't justify that purchase because while I recognize that the product inside seems really great and good for the environment, my priority is single-use plastic. And so I'm not going to commit myself to start buying these products if that's not going to fulfill that priority. So I think as a customer, you need to create your own priority list. Like, is it the actual product and do you want to be shopping organic and natural or is it single use plastic and then you want to be looking for a brand that's always sending refills you know you need to decide what's important to you and what you feel like makes the most sense and then shop with those values in mind Mm. I think another consideration when you are looking at brands and trying to determine whether something is greenwashing so I'll tell you a little story the other day we got approached by one of the probably leading fast fashion brands in Australia and they said to us by this date we're going to make x percentage of our collection and our offering sustainable or from recycled materials and we would actually love to have an ambassador on your podcast to talk about this and For us, we took one look at this and we were like, well, X percent of your collection is just not enough. So we very politely declined and also made sure to tell them why we were declining because we felt like it was important while we had an audience with this brand to let them know how we felt. But there was a bigger piece to it for us, which is if you are a fast fashion brand, there is something inherently unsustainable about fast fashion when you are producing mass amounts of clothes also by the way when you're getting a dress for 20 25 dollars there's no way that's Mm -hmm. good for the environment not to mention as well the element of who produced that and how was that being manufactured and what people are suffering and sacrificing their own wage and living in order for you to buy that item for that amount of money so For us, it's a no-brainer if it's fast fashion. And we know it's really common to have a guilty little pleasure that 
you want to go and just like pick up a really cute trendy dress from Zara because you have an event on and it's got a really attractive price point. But if you really do start to factor in these items and if you if you start to justify it to yourself by saying, oh, well, it's made from recycled materials, you've got to remind yourself that if it is a low price point and if they are a fast fashion brand, it isn't environmental and it isn't sustainable. And if you choose to buy it anyway, that is your choice. But don't let that justify your purchase because that right there is them greenwashing and pulling the wool over your eyes. Mm. And I think what you touched on there is a hard one because we all have this perception that sustainable and environmental needs to mean expensive and then it's elitist and it's not accessible for people that can't afford it. But I think that through Depop, through Etsy, through vintage and op shops, those are the most sustainable purchases you can be making are things that aren't new. So try to think out the box. If you fall into that category where you really want a new dress, but you can't really afford something that is in a price point that you would believe to be sustainable, think of something else. Go to a clothing swap. In Byron, when Renan and I first moved there, we saw people were having these yard sales every week and we're like, oh, that's cool, yard sales. And then we spoke to someone about it. They were like, no, no, they're not yard sales. They're clothes swaps that people literally go on these same lawns every week and people come with their own bundles of clothes and they swap them with each other. And so look up if there's that in your area or create one or create one with your friends. There are so many incredible options that you can find that can suit all budgets without having to turn to these fast fashion outlets. Mm. And there are a lot of little like other tips and tricks, you know, even just looking out for things like the types of emojis that brands are using to try and fool you. Like a lot of them will be using the leafy greens and stuff like that. Something that you can look out for as well once you're on the website is certifications. So lots of audits and certifications. You know, if someone's using a recycled fabric, make sure it's got a GRS certification. We have created a little article on a kind of blog that tells you a few tips and tricks that you can really use to just totally dissect whether or not a brand is greenwashing. So do encourage you to go there at tubes.com if you would like to hear a little bit more about this. And if you do have any questions about this or you want to hear us talk about something that we haven't today, feel free to hit us up on Instagram at how to live the podcast or of course our Facebook group is how to live the podcast we love having conversations about this stuff and I feel like a lot of the time now when we sit down to record a podcast episode we're like what should we talk about and it's always like tubes the environment so we want to hear if you guys love hearing this stuff from us as our knowledge increases when we learn something new we just love to be able to share it. So we hope that you've really gotten something out of this listen. Well, we are sending you love from us straight to you and hope you have the most beautiful week. See ya.